and your loved ones. Um, but hey, I am jacked about the sermon today. I am hyped about the series that we are in. It is a four-week series called Supernatural. And Brad kicked off this series a couple of weeks ago talking about spiritual warfare. And then I talked for week number two, walking us through the Holy Spirit. And then last week, we actually took a break in the middle of the series to have Vision Sunday. And so if you were not here last week or didn't have an opportunity to listen online, uh, Vision Sunday was really cool where Brad and Bruce shared and the Kota and shared our overarching vision as a church, which has always been to transform lives by helping people take next steps with God. That's our vision. That vision never changes. But the methods to reach and to accomplish that vision is ever-changing as we attempt to reach lost and hurting people. And so Brad and Bruce shared on Vision Sunday last week that um, our next goal as a church is to start paying off our debt. So that in five to ten years, as we just see the church continue to shift and change from an attendance standpoint and from a giving standpoint and from an online ministry standpoint, we just want to be able to have the freedom to be able to do ministry however God calls us to do ministry. And as many of us know, when we have debt lingering over us, it does put up some walls and some roadblocks. And so our 2022 vision is to start paying off the debt. And so we ask you as our church family to pray about an amount to start giving um, or to increase in your giving and then go onto our website or to our app, C3FW. And whether it's $10 more a month or $500 more a month, every amount helps us accomplish that vision. And so that was last week. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. And then next week, I'm super excited because Kim, our Next Steps pastor, is going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. And it's going to be really cool. And she is one of—she got really upset with me in the first service. She's like, you can't hype me up like that because then I can only go down. I'm like— Kim, you don't, you don't ever have like an off sermon. It is always the Spirit working through you. And I'm just hyping her up. See, now I'm just hyping her up even more than I did first service. But if you have not heard Kim preach, then you have missed out. And so I'm a little biased because she's my mom. But, uh, you know, I'm also, uh, you know, someone who loves communication. and Being able to hear from her, it's incredible. So next Sunday, whether you're in person or online because of family holidays, tune in. Don't check out because this series is so important for our walk with Christ. Not a lot of churches, especially in modern culture, will spend time talking about spiritual warfare or spend time talking about the Holy Spirit or spiritual gifts or the fruit of the Spirit. Um, Honestly, because it can get a little weird. And that's something that we talked about two weeks ago where I gave us a 30,000-foot overview of the Holy Spirit. And I said, hey, this is challenging for me because when you talk about the Holy Spirit— Especially from that type of a view, there's individuals who they'll get hung up on one word or theologians that will say, hey, if you mess up one word when talking about God and talking about the Holy Spirit, you're a heretic. And, you know, that's just not me. You know, that's not us. And so uh, we're human, and we recognize that we are imperfect humans trying to describe a perfect God. And so that's part of why we did such a 30,000-foot overview on these topics, just so that you can start scratching the itch. And that was the challenge at the end of uh, two weeks ago, the Holy Spirit sermon, where I said, hey, it might get a little weird today, kind of weird like when you're in public and you ask your friend to scratch your back, okay? And that just gets a little weird and a little odd. 
But then the challenge was keep asking, keep scratching, keep searching, keep learning, because when you begin to unlock who the Holy Spirit is, it can be revolutionary. Now today, we're going to take it even a step further, and it might get even weirder, okay? And so this is what I mean. Now, rather than asking someone in public that you recognize to scratch your back, now you're going to start asking a stranger to scratch your back, okay? And you might even get a little bit weird where it's like in between the calf and the thigh area, like scratching that. So what I want to ask you to do is don't check out because it gets just a little bit weird. Because the only reason it gets weird is because it's not familiar to us. But the language that Paul uses when talking about spiritual gifts is all throughout Scripture, all throughout the New Testament. We often just glance over it and don't recognize the power that comes with spiritual gifts. But before we dive into the message today, I want to give now a 60,000-foot overview of our Holy Spirit message, just really quickly recap it so that we have a basis and an understanding for those who weren't able to listen to the full message. So we walked through three questions two weeks ago. First question, who is the Holy Spirit? Our staff got together, and we um, felt that a good 30,000-foot overview and definition of the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit is God and is the person of God on earth and in us when we allow him to be. So who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God and the person of God on earth and in us when we allow him to be. The second question we walked through was then how do you receive the Holy Spirit? And this is a tricky answer, especially from a 30,000-foot overview, because when you look at Acts, and when you look at Ephesians, and Peter, and different gospels throughout the New Testament, um, and different books throughout the New Testament, there's a lot of different ways that people receive the Holy Spirit, and none of them completely lined up with one another in the same method. And so you have an example in Acts where there's an individuals of people, a, a group of individuals in a room, and they're praying, and then there's tongues of fire that flood the room, and all of them receive the Holy Spirit. And then there's an example where Peter says, different, separate example, he talks to a group of people who says, hey, repent and be baptized, and then you will receive the Holy Spirit. And then there's another example where uh, individuals lay their hands over people to pray over them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. Then you've got an example in Ephesians that they're worshiping and, and Paul is saying, hey, sing hymns and sing worship and praise God and the Holy Spirit will be present in with you and among you. And so what we felt comfortable from a 30,000 foot overview sharing is saying, hey, we got all these different examples. Here's what it comes down to. James says, come near to God and God will come near to you. Come near to God and God will come near to you. Okay, question number three. So what are the roles of the Holy Spirit? All right, we talked about the voice of truth. The Holy Spirit is the voice of discernment. The Holy Spirit is our guide, our advocate, our teacher. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us in our suffering. And those are just a couple of the roles that we talked about for the Holy Spirit. We didn't mention um, that the Holy Spirit is freedom. We sing the song where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's actually a verse. That is scripture that has just been turned into a powerful worship song. And then today— we're going to be talking about what I would argue is one of the most important roles of the Holy Spirit, and that is distributing spiritual gifts to those who have the Holy Spirit. And so that was just the recap. Let's dive in to the message that God has in store for us today. Here are the three questions we're going to be walking through in regards to the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. The first question, what are spiritual gifts? 
what are spiritual gifts? The second question, what is the purpose of spiritual gifts? What is the purpose of spiritual gifts? And then the third question, how should you use them in your life, and why should you care? That's a two-parter. First two questions, just like last time, we're going to spend about seven minutes on. And then for question number three, we're going to spend about 15 to 20 minutes on. Be out of here by 11.30, 22 minutes, and we'll be good to go. And you'll be able to go hang out with your family, watch football, and start fasting for Thanksgiving. All right? Cool. It's going to be really good. So, hey, so first question, what are spiritual gifts? Okay? Spiritual gifts are supernatural gifts given by the Holy Spirit to those who have the Holy Spirit. Okay? Spiritual gifts are supernatural gifts or special gifts given by the Holy Spirit to those with the Holy Spirit. So to answer a few questions in that underlying question, no, not everybody has spiritual gifts. Okay? Even those who just claim to know Jesus— Not all of them have spiritual gifts. You have to have the Holy Spirit. And that's where you really start to dive deep into then, again, well, how do you receive the Holy Spirit? And taking your walk to the next level. And that's deeper conversations that we'd love to have with you of not just becoming a consumer in the church, but start to become someone who furthers the kingdom of of God and receives the Holy Spirit. But uh, uh, also one of the things about spiritual gifts is You don't have every single spiritual gift. We see that language from Paul, where the Holy Spirit distributes specific gifts to specific people to accomplish specific tasks. And so not everyone has all of the gifts, um, and uh, you have specific gifts that the Spirit has given to you. All right? Something that is a clear distinction that we need to understand is that spiritual gifts are different from natural abilities or talents, as it's often called, okay? So I did speech and debate, public communication all through high school. I'm a gifted communicator. But just because of that, communication, that doesn't necessarily mean that that is my spiritual gift, okay? It just so happens that teaching is a spiritual gift, which is communicating God's word. But if I weren't a Christian, I'm still talented as a communicator, and I probably still have a career in public communication somewhere, that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily using my talent as my spiritual gift for God. And so there's a distinction that we'll talk about how you figure out that distinction and how you figure out what your spiritual gifts are later in question number three. So don't get too overwhelmed by all of that. Again, this is just to give you the basis for the understanding, and there's going to be some homework for you to start figuring out what are your spiritual gifts, okay? Question number two. So if spiritual gifts are supernatural abilities from God— What is their purpose? And I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm using my phone today because uh, my Bible only has two bookmarks, and we're going to be walking through three passages today. And so hashtag add, download the YouVersion free Bible app. Over uh, half a million downloads across the world right now, which is incredible. Um, It's free. It has every translation you could think of. Um, and it is so easy to be able to dive into the Word of God. But Ephesians chapter 4, this is what Paul talks about when he's defining um, what the purpose of spiritual gifts are. Here's what Paul writes. Now, these are gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and pastors and teachers. Verse 12, here we go. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. In the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith 
and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the lead of his bo- who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So what is the purpose of spiritual gifts? Okay, the purpose of spiritual gifts, there's a couple of them that we see from Paul, but the biggest one is to further the kingdom of God, to build up the church, to unify the church, to help share the message of Jesus with the rest of the world, but then also to encourage the church to unify it, to build it up. He also talks, though, is that our spiritual gifts help us mature as Christ followers, and as we continue to learn what our gift or gifts are, that there's a spiritual maturity that comes with that. And then at the very end, I love he says this, uh, he talks about speaking the truth in love. So verse 15, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. And so if you've ever wrestled with the question, well, how do I have perfect grace and perfect truth when walking with people? Tap into your spiritual gifts. Lean into the voice of truth. The Holy Spirit gives us the voice of truth. And then that is our ability to reach people with truth in love. I love that. I love that understanding. Okay, so that is the purpose of spiritual gifts. Biggest purpose, to grow the church, to build up the church, to unify the church. And then some secondary purposes, to love God, love people, to use your gifts. That's just another way to help love God, love people, to help share the truth in love. It's so powerful. It's so Amazing. And so if you're sitting there, you're like, okay, what's the point? That's question number three. And this is where I want you to get excited, okay? Because like I said, spiritual gifts are what um, I would argue is, is your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God. If you tap into what your spiritual gifts are as someone with the Holy Spirit, this will be your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God. But if you refuse to tap into your spiritual gifts and to learn about your spiritual gifts and to use your spiritual gifts, it will be a disservice to the kingdom of God. You'll be disobeying God's word and you'll be cheating the church on something that is so necessary, the body of Christ, okay? You might be the foot to my hand as we're gonna talk about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so will you turn with me? Question number three, how should you use them? We're going to start out by walking through 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, This is so important, like I said, uh, for understanding your gifts, but then also how should you specifically use them and why should you care? Okay, because this is of utmost importance. Here's what Paul says, chapter 12, verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities or spiritual gifts the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Paul talks about how this is of the utmost importance. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. That's part of that spiritual immaturity that Paul is talking about. 
So I want you to know, verse 3, that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. That's once again, what's the purpose? So we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to wise advice. This is where we find out you don't have every single gift, that the Spirit distributes the specific gifts for the specific people to do specific work. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Verse 9, the same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. So another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, which we now call um, uh, speaking in tongues. While another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. I want to stop here for a second. That's actually where a lot of modern day churches get into trouble when talking about speaking in tongues. It's because Paul is very clear later on in the Corinthian letter. He says, hey, if you have the gift of speaking in tongues, which is often, you know, just a 30,000 foot overview described as the heavenly language, okay? For a lot of people, it just sounds like talking in gibberish. If we're just, you know, just using modern culture. Paul says you have to have someone interpreting the language. And that's where a lot of churches will get into trouble, is they will start speaking in tongues, and you're kind of just sitting there, and you're like, what's going on? (laughs) Does this actually happen? Yes, it does. And I know that's where it gets a little weird, because we try to say, hey, that no longer happens anymore. But it does, okay? And it's still a spiritual gift, but when used appropriately, it is used with someone who can interpret what is actually being said, okay? Uh, Verse 11, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. All right? So something that's so important to recognize in this is that the Spirit, as he decides what gift you have, um, feel proud about that, excited about that, that God has created you specifically for a special thing that only you can accomplish in your area of walking, of your area of ministry, of your walk in your life. Don't do a disservice to the church by ignoring that truth. Lean into that, learn about it, and get excited about it, that you are gifted with something special and unique. Let's move on. Second half of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is what Paul continues, and he starts using this imagery to help us understand why it's important that we use our gifts. Here's what Paul says. The human body has many parts— But the many parts make up one body. This is Paul's imagery to talk about spiritual gifts. The human body, okay, he's talking about the body of Christ now. He's comparing it, the human body to the body of Christ, has many parts, has many spiritual gifts. Verse 13, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Paul says, if you have the spirit of God, if you have the Holy Spirit, then you are a potter of the one body. Verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, many different spiritual gifts. Not just one part. So if the foot says, I am not 
a part of the body because I'm not the hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. Verse 16, and if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or one way to say, if the whole body were gifted with wisdom, how would you teach? If the whole body were gifted with prophesy or performing miracles, how would you heal? If the whole body were gifted with A, B, C, or D, how would you do F, G, H? I think I, did I say E? I don't know. Uh, One of the letters, poor E, bye, you know? And so Paul is saying it's so important to understand that your role is not any less significant than the person sitting next to you. And sometimes what we do is we look at the individual speaking on stage or leading worship or our prayer warrior who's so prayerful or someone who gives the most and is so generous. We're like, man, I could never reach people like they do. And that's a bunch of baloney. (laughs) Okay? You aren't just A, B, C, or D. You are just as important to God. And your gift is of the utmost significance for furthering the kingdom of God. It just might be a little bit different. Verse 18. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. I love that. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. What if we all were just a bunch of feet? What if we all just smelled? Some of us do, but you know. Like what if that was the body of Christ? Verse 21, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. We've tried to say that for Trevor, our youth pastor. And it just doesn't work, okay? And that's the reality with the kingdom of God. We need every single part. And this is what he says. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest, oh, I love this. This gets me hyped. Some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. So what I was saying. You're not just somebody. You're not just an average Joe. You are so significant and necessary for the kingdom of God. Oh, I love that so much. Verse 23, and the parts we, again, the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. That's one of those, um, you know, ideas of like, hey, well, okay, well, you're on stage, you're talking, you're teaching, you're clearly making more of a difference. No, 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 no. Just because we have our tech team in the back, and just because we have our volunteers in the other building, and individuals you don't even see who are using their gifts of administration, or their gifts of service, or their gifts of mercy and encouragement, it is just as important. And Paul would even argue that the weakest are sometimes the most necessary. Without them, I'm just babbling without sound. And without the Spirit, the sound has no purpose. And so that's why Paul is saying we're all connected as one body. We're going to move on now to 1 Peter chapter 4. This is where it gets really good. If you thought that was good, or if you're just like, man, he's just getting hyped up for no reason, like, yeah, sometimes that happens, but this is where it gets really exciting, okay? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. This is why you, this is how you should use your gifts. Okay, and this is why it's so important to understand. This is what Peter says. Different individual than we were just talking about. Verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And this is why you should care. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. 
Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you will do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. This is why you should care about this. First, because again, like I said, this is, your spiritual gifts are your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God. But secondly, when you lean into this and you figure out how you're gifted, then everything you do glorifies God. You're not just A, B, C, and D. You are a child of God who is specially gifted when you have the Holy Spirit. And that's powerful because you can become unstoppable. And so here's how I want to end today for the last six minutes. I want to give you a couple of next steps to be able to figure out what your spiritual gifts are. And then I want to just give you an encouraging idea to close with. All right, there's a couple of things that you can do to figure out your spiritual gifts. Um, And when I was figuring out mine, my number one is teaching, which is communicating the word of God. And uh, my number two is mercy, which is encouragement and walking and and empathy with, sorry, uh, like feeling empathy towards those who are hurting and suffering, okay? Um, As I was figuring those out, I had to walk through and do a couple of different things. I want to encourage you to do these few steps in this particular order. And there's a reason why. First, uh, there's about 18 spiritual gifts that most biblical scholars will agree on. Some say there's 22, some say there's 16, some say there's 17, uh, some say there's seven. Uh, But again, for our purposes today, most will say there's about 18 that we see clear cut that we can identify. Not saying there's more, not saying there's less, just 18 for our purpose today. I have a list of those 18 with the description, okay, of how each one is defined. And then even the Greek word that is used for each spiritual gift to help you gain a better understanding of that spiritual gift. It's really cool. First step that I would say is if you don't know your spiritual gifts yet, email me, jordan at c3fw.org, and say, hey, I want that list. Get that list and then start reading through it, thinking about them, and see if any of them resonate with you right off the bat. Second step, once you have that understanding, take those few gifts and then go to somebody that you trust who also has the Spirit and say, hey, what spiritual gifts do you think I have? Here's the list and see if they line up, okay? The third step then, once you have all that conversation and and you've, you know, met with multiple people, okay, start praying. Say, God, reveal in me. These are the ones, say, is this true? Is there something else? And, And obviously you can pray throughout every single step. Um, I just want to put it at the third step primarily so that once you think you know what you figured out, then once again, go back to God, okay? But pray all throughout. Fourth step, and this is what I would do absolutely last, is take a spiritual gifts test, okay? For a lot of people, they want to do this step first, but spiritual gifts tests, while they can be good and helpful online and they're free, um, they're limited in their ability to help you decipher what your spiritual gifts are. And here's why. Because spiritual gifts tests will use natural talents and human language to try to define something supernatural. And there's just a certain level that you can actually, like, hit in that supernatural ability. So one of the questions, I I ended up taking a spiritual gifts test again just to— because if I was going to promote it as an option, I wanted to take it. So I had the test that, you know, I would suggest. I took it, and one of the questions was, are you an exceptional um, public speaker? And, you know, you, you put one through five, okay? 
And so that is a natural talent or a talent that some people might have, but that, you know, once again, using human language, like, hey, just because you're a communicator doesn't necessarily mean that you have the gift of teaching the gospel, all right? And so while it can be beneficial and helpful, I would do it last and then see if it lines up just to help provide a tool for you. But don't make it your primary tool. All right, here's what I want to close with, okay? There's a couple of your next steps, but here's what I want to close with. I want um, you to write this down if you're a note taker. This is what I want our church at Crossbridge to do, okay? And as you figure out, um, or why I want us as Crossbridgers to do this, to figure out our spiritual gifts and to lean into our spiritual gifts. And here's why. Because when we figure out our spiritual gifts and we start using our spiritual gifts, all of heaven rejoices and hell gets nervous, okay? I want to be the church that makes hell shudder and cry out and get nervous because they see a group, a body of Christ living so in tune with the Spirit that it will be unstoppable. And when the church taps into their spiritual gifts, oh, it's game over. It's game over. Devil can't touch us. We'll become unstoppable. And so figure out your spiritual gifts. And above all, um, as you figure them out, as you're walking, um, it's really important to find somebody to walk with as a mentor to help keep you humble and to help make sure that you're not idolizing your gifts as well. So, hey, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for this message today, God. Thank you for the words. Thank you for the community of individuals who are listening. I just pray, God, that as we dive deeper into the Holy Spirit and dive deeper into our spiritual gifts, God, that you would reveal in us how we are gifted. And that once we have that revelation, that we would start to use our gifts immediately for kingdom growth. Becoming unstoppable and making hell nervous. Thank you, God, for your truth.